0: This week on Open the Bible, we are hearing a special presentation as we anticipate the celebration of Christ's resurrection on Easter Sunday. Actor Stephen Baldwin portrays the thief on the cross, who died just a few feet from Jesus. Based on a book written by Pastor Colin Smith, this story is told in the thief's words as he looks back from heaven on the day that changed his eternity and the faith that can change yours. If you missed any of the earlier portions of this special series, you can always hear it in its entirety at openthebible.org.uk. And now, Open the Bible continues this presentation of Heaven, How I Got Here.
1: Welcome to Open the Bible with Colin Smith. We're continuing our series, Heaven, How I Got Here, the story of the thief on the cross. We've been listening to the dramatic audio reading of Pastor Colin's book, By that title, Heaven, How I Got Here, is read by actor Stephen Baldwin. And maybe you've missed some of the previous broadcasts in this series, some of the earlier chapters of this book. I want to encourage you to go back and listen. You can do that at our website, openthebible.org.uk. Well, Colin, we started looking at the hatred of the thief, that hatred he had towards God. And then he ends up putting his faith in Jesus, and he experiences that love of Jesus, but his suffering wasn't done.
2: No, and in fact, uh, for anyone who was crucified, pain actually got worse as time went on. And so here, this man would have been in excruciating pain, a great agony of body and of soul as someone who trusted in Jesus. And I think that speaks to us very powerfully. You know, you may be listening today and saying, well, I couldn't possibly have faith because I have pain, I have disappointment, I have hurt in my life. Well, Jesus Christ is a Savior for people who suffer, and that's what we're going to look at today.
1: Well, we see that in Chapter 7 of Heaven, How I Got Here. It's simply entitled, Agony. Here is Stephen Baldwin.
3: Chapter 7, Agony. 2.59 p.m. Trusting Jesus is never a passport to a pain-free life. That's not his promise. Heaven is. Forgiveness is. The strength to bear up under all that you suffer is what he promises and what he gives. Some folks have the idea that if you trust in Jesus... He will take the pain out of your life. He certainly didn't do that for me. Pain shot through the nerves of my body as much after I trusted in Jesus as it did before. With every hour that passed, my pain increased as the wounds from the nails in my hands and my feet widened under the weight of my body. Fever raged. Dehydration followed. My whole body was burning up. It was the same for Jesus. And that is why he cried out, I thirst. Despite their barbarity, the Roman soldiers sometimes offered a mild sedative to their victims before crucifixion. Earlier in the morning, they had done this for Jesus, offering him wine mixed with gall. Jesus refused the sedative. Any compassionate person would say to him, Drink, take the sedative, dull your senses to the horrors you are about to endure. But he did not take it. Why? at the time i despised him for this and counted him a fool but when i asked him to remember me i was so glad that his senses were not dulled drugged or drowsy christ was fully conscious and that meant he was ready and able to save me to pray for his enemies and reach out in love to his mother becoming a man meant that jesus's body had a central nervous system just like yours and mine. So the physical agony of crucifixion was the same for Jesus as it was for me. But there was more to his pain than the physical agony. What Jesus endured went far beyond what I experienced that day. When Christ became our sin-bearer, he was alone in the darkness. The guilt and stench of our sin was on him as he bore the judgment that we deserved. Jesus had always enjoyed the love of his Father, but now that blessing had been taken away. He couldn't feel the Father's approval. He couldn't reach his comfort. At his hour of greatest need, Jesus was alone. Separated from his Father rejected by his own people, abandoned by his disciples. He was stretched out on a pole suspended between heaven and earth and rejected by both. From the deepest darkness, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, Why have you forsaken me? Nothing that I had endured came close to what it meant for him to be forsaken by his father. And there's more. Jesus experienced hell on the cross. Some people think that hell is a myth. But I tell you that hell is as real as the cross. And it's more than just a way of describing something really bad much more hell has six dimensions and Jesus experienced all of them on the cross he was in conscious suffering he was in blackest darkness he was surrounded by demonic powers he was bearing sin he was under judgment He was separated from the knowledge of the love of God. That is hell. I endured the pains of crucifixion, but I did not experience the agonies of hell. Jesus endured them for me so that I would never have to know what they are like. The more I think about this, the more staggering it gets. Seeing what Jesus suffered and hearing him cry out in agony had a profound effect on me. From childhood, I had been told that God's law was given to show us our sins. That's true. But I have to tell you that the clearest view I ever got of the ugliness of my sin was not in reading the Ten Commandments, but in being near to Jesus in that awful darkness on the cross. I began to see that if my sins caused him so much suffering, they must be very great indeed. I learned to hate my sins at the cross. The rebellion that once tasted sweet, the covetous heart that once drove me forward, my hatred and unbelief toward God, and my self-willed desire all seemed "'Ugly and repulsive to me "'as I saw what they had done to Jesus. "'His cry of anguish tore me apart. "'If he was given up for my sins, "'what sin would I not give up for him? "'That took hold of me. "'My greatest desire was to be done "'with any and every sin "'that had ever gained a foothold in my life. "'I found myself longing to be holy.' to be filled with the love that i had seen in jesus's eyes and to live a life that would please him i only had a few hours left for that i hope you have much longer
1: what a statement from the thief on the cross a compelling look at the agony the suffering that he experienced on the cross
2: yeah, and I want to say to the person today who experiences pain, you've been through loss, you find yourself in great darkness, you know, Jesus Christ, the Savior who suffered on the cross, really is the Savior for you. He knows what it is to suffer, and a suffering world needs a suffering Savior, and the Savior who has come into the world is the person who is able to come alongside you in the pain that you experience, and he's able to help you stand up under it. Steve, this is what the thief experienced. It was not a passport to a pain-free life. Right. He was in agony, but he was trusting Jesus Christ in that agony. And I think that's the path for every person who suffers. We want to walk it with the suffering Savior.
1: Colin, thank you. That is a good word. He was in agony, but then he was in triumph. That's the title of chapter 8. And we'll take a listen to that. After this, open the Bible with Colin Smith.
2: God is spirit, and that means that He's invisible to the human eye. But the Bible tells us that Adam and Eve heard the sound of the lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day see God appeared to Adam and Eve in such a way that they could see him and hear him and enjoy him and the Old Testament has many examples of God appearing in visible form we call these theophanies it's almost as if the son of God couldn't wait to come he burst out of heaven entering into human time and space and he walked with the first First man and woman in the garden. You know, these appearances show the intense desire in the heart of God to have fellowship with us. God knows you, and He wants you to know Him.
1: Do you want to know the God of the Bible? Well, then come to openthebible.org.uk. You're listening to a special edition of Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith, the dramatic audio reading of Pastor Colin's book, Heaven How I Got Here the story of the thief on the cross. And you can go back and listen online to any broadcast you missed in the series at our website, openthebible.org.uk. Let's get back to Chapter 8 with Stephen Baldwin. Here is Triumph.
3: Chapter 8, Triumph, 3 p.m. His voice pierced the silence like the blast of a trumpet. It is finished. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. No one ever died like this. Have you ever heard of someone whose last words were spoken with a loud voice? When a man dies, his voice becomes weaker and weaker until it is no more than a whisper and then he is gone nobody shouts at the moment of his own death but Jesus did Christ entered into death not in defeat but in triumph he was in complete control he accomplished everything he had come to do and gave himself into death Then all hell broke loose. The earth beneath me shook, causing the beam on which I was suspended to lurch violently. The shock was agonizing. The crowd whose jeering had been quieted by the darkness now erupted in panic and confusion. People screamed as the tremors ripped through the city. Cracks began to open in the ground. Was this the end? I knew my time had almost run out, but had humanity's time run out too? We had just crucified God's son. God's justice had to fall. I closed my eyes and I held my breath bracing myself against whatever came next commander who was responsible for overseeing our executions looked up at Jesus's lifeless body and said surely this was the son of God the soldiers who a few hours before had cast lots for Jesus's robe now looked at each other in fear and terror what have we done for me there was a strange comfort the man who had carried out my execution now shared my faith in those surreal moments after the quake, the crowd dispersed into the shadows. They were frightened. They were confused what had just happened. Then, as suddenly as the darkness had descended on us hours before, it lifted the lifeless body of Jesus hung in silence a few feet away from me and having staked everything on him, I now felt completely alone. I thought I would be the first to die and that he would send me ahead of him. It never occurred to me that he would die first. Right before Jesus died, he said, It is finished. When was I ever able to say that? My life was a tangle of loose ends. Nothing was complete. My mother poured all her energy into the pursuit of a godly life. But for all of her relentless effort, the feeling of incompleteness... Haunted her. She found it hard to rest because she always felt there was more to do, more that was required. Nothing was ever enough. She was right in saying that there is no rest for the wicked. I knew that to be true. But as far as I could see, there isn't much rest for people who try to be righteous either. It is finished. Now there's something that neither I nor my mother could ever have said. But Jesus said it with a shout of triumph. The reason his voice was so strong at the moment of his death was that Jesus did not slide into death as a victim. He marched into death as a conquering warrior. What he had come to do was done. But what was finished? What had he accomplished? Clearly, Jesus' life on earth was finished. As soon as he had said these words, Jesus gave his spirit into the hands of the Father, and he died. That his life had been a good one was obvious to me. Even back then on the cross, I knew that he was a righteous man and that he was suffering unjustly. That was why I said, this man has done nothing wrong. Being with him in heaven, I now see that Jesus did everything that God calls you and me to do on earth. And kept all of the commandments. He loved God. With all his heart and loved his neighbor as himself, he did this completely, consistently, and without even a shadow of compromise. His life was an unbroken stream of love and faithfulness, joyfully offered to God. I was nowhere near that target. Thieves love themselves more than their neighbors. That is why they break in and steal. And as for loving God, I didn't know the first thing about love. That's why on the last day of my life, I began to fear God. I knew that I had not kept his commandments. I knew that I was not righteous, not even close. Where do you go from there? You haven't done what God calls you to do. Your best efforts have come up short. You have failed to keep his Ten Commandments, and you can't relive the past. This was painfully obvious to me as I hung on the cross. With every hour that passed, I was being pressed ever closer to my exit from this world, and I had no way of pulling back. But here's what I discovered. To my great joy, the Son of God became a man. To live the life that I had failed to live. He finished what I had barely started. Jesus was and is everything God had called me to be. When I trusted Jesus... God made me one with Him. All that was mine, God counted as His, and all that was His, God counted as mine. It was as if my sin-spattered soul was draped in the purity of the perfect life of Jesus, so that I could stand before God with the confidence to which Jesus Himself would be entitled. If it had not been for Jesus, I would still be locked in an endless conflict with God. I would still be angry with him. I would still feel that he owed me a better life and a better eternity. My anger and rebellion against God would have grown stronger and more futile in eternity. I would still be standing with my little sword trying to take on the Almighty. It's a ridiculous picture, isn't it? And it's clearer to me than ever before that my fight with God is a fight that I could never win. You don't have to live one more minute of your life locked in conflict with God either. You can put down your sword today. You can rest from this battle. This is a war you could never win. Now you don't have to. Jesus laid down his life so you could know real peace with God for all of eternity.
1: You're listening to a special edition of Open the Bible. The dramatic reading of Heaven, How I Got Here is read by actor Stephen Baldwin. And Colin, that is such a vivid picture, a humorous one of us trying to hold up our little swords fighting against the Almighty.
2: (laughs) That is a fight that no one can ever win. But what a marvelous thing when God is your friend, when you're at peace with him, when you've been reconciled to him uh, that's what Jesus Christ came into the world to bring to us and because he has already conquered sin and mm-hmm. conquered death, there's nothing more that we can do. well, these words, it is finished must be the most marvelous words that have ever been spoken. I mean, what comes close to this? He really has done everything that is needed to bring not only the thief into heaven but everyone who will put their trust in him. You know, who else could ever say at the end of their life truly? It is finished. Who else could ever say, I've completed everything that God the Father gave me to do? We haven't done that. I haven't done that. I have to put my trust in a person who has done that. And there's only one. That's Jesus. He says it is finished. He's done everything that is needed. He's fulfilled all of the commandments of God. He has borne all of the penalty of sin. We put our trust in him, and he's the one who's able to bring us into heaven because he's done what we've not.
1: You know, it's an incredible promise that the thief really grasped at the very end of his life. But as he was just saying, we don't have to wait till the very end of our lives. If This is something that maybe um, the, the Spirit of God is awakening in you today. Man, now is the time to act.
2: Don't wait for the last moment. You've got to trust Jesus Christ at the first opportunity. Actually, that's what the thief did. And why should you not do that as well? Here's good news that is offered to you. Here is life, forgiveness, peace with God that Jesus Christ offers to all who will turn to him in faith and repentance as the thief on the cross did.
1: Well, we've just wrapped up uh, chapters 7 and 8 in today's broadcast. Next time, we're going to look at the final chapter, safety. I do hope you'll make it a point to tune in. If you ever miss one of the broadcasts in the special uh, week-long edition of Heaven, How I Got Here, the story of the thief on the cross, you can come to our website, openthebible.org.uk. And maybe as you've been listening to this audio book, the Spirit of God has kind of begun to awaken your need for Jesus. You've realized that like the thief, you have sinned. And if you were to die today, you would die far from Jesus, but you'd like to begin that relationship with him. I hope you'll contact us, talk with one of our staff members about receiving the forgiveness that Jesus offers and beginning to walk with him. Just come to openthebible.org.uk. For Pastor Colin Smith, I'm Steve Hiller. Thanks for listening today, and I hope you'll join us next time.
0: For information on our program today, please visit openthebible.org.uk. Learn more about Heaven, How I Got Here, a book written by Pastor Colin Smith. And if you missed any part of today's broadcast, or if you want to hear this special series in its entirety, you can listen online at openthebible.org.uk. Join us again next time for more from Heaven, How I Got Here, the story of the thief on the cross. This program is a listener-supported production of Open the Bible.